Greetings, the reading from 365 for December the 11th, Amos chapter 4. Father God, we thank you for today's reading. Lord, we ask you for your presence, your joy, your laughter, Lord. Thank you for taking us to the Word and being with us, Lord, as we study the Word with you. And we acknowledge you, Lord, that you direct our, our steps in Jesus' name. Amen. Chapter 4. In chapter 4, the it is easy to find substitutes for a genuine relationship with God. That's the topic, folks. One tempting substitute is religious activity. If you go to church regularly, perhaps even sing in the choir, won't that be enough? God requires the Israelite to give sacrifice and tithes but he demanded even more, an offering given because the giver is already committed to God's pleases God. But if an offering is given in place of true commitment, then God regards even the offering as a sin. Our heartfelt devotion is what God really wants. Amazing how uh, the easiest thing to do was to say, for us, is to say, God... I praise you and I thank you that you have my life and my praise as devotion to you. Amen. Now, between chapter 4 and chapter 6, Amos leveled his attack at those living in complacency and luxury in both Israel and Judah. Great wealth and comfortable lifestyles may make people think they are secure, but God is not pleased if we isolate ourselves from others, from others' needs. His kingdom has no place for selfishness or indifference. We come up with many excuses for not helping the poor and needy. We may argue that their poverty is their own fault and they don't deserve help. We might believe God calls to serve the poor applies to a different time. We may not know anyone in need or we may be guarding against our own future misfortunes. We might believe that any money we give will be wasted or stolen so that the poor will never see it or that our small gift won't make any difference. God shatters our excuses with his simple command to serve those in need. Our responsibility is not to ensure that our money is used wisely or responsibility to, is to follow the Holy Spirit guidance and give when he prompts us to. This may even mean challenging our own legal system and social structures. Our responsibility is to be faithful in obedience. God will make our generosity fruitful. Amen. And let me continue to read on the uh, commentaries. Modern day parables to these verses, verses 4, 6 through 11, which says, I brought hunger to every city and famine to every town, but still you would not return to me, says the Lord. I kept the rain from falling when your crops needed it the most. I sent rain on one town, but withheld it from another. Rain fell on one field, while another field withered away. People staggered from town to town looking for water, but there was never enough. But still you would not return to me, says the Lord. I struck your farms and vineyards with blight and mildew. Locusts devoured all your figs and olive trees, but still you would not return to me, says the Lord. 
I send plagues on you like the plagues I sent on Egypt long ago. I kill your young men in war and let all your horses away. The stench of death filled the air, but still you would not return to me, says the Lord. I destroyed some of your cities as I destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah. Those of you who survived were like charred sticks pulled from a fire. But still you would not return to me, says the Lord. Amen. Modern day parables like these verses could be you, you lost your job and your family left you. You still wouldn't, wouldn't give up your alcohol and drugs. You are empty, despite all your possessed, yet you still won't turn to me. I allow AIDS and venerable disease to infect you, yet you continue to practice sexual sin. All the negative effects of our compulsion and addictions are signs for us to give up these detrimental pursuits and turn back to God the giver of all that is good and perfect. Israel was warned not to worship false idols since those who do will soon face trouble. Anything we look to for comfort other than God is a false god. We may not worship carp images, but we turn to alcohol, drugs, work, materialism, sex, YouTube, and other compulsions to hide from our painful problems. God is there waiting to help us. He doesn't want us chasing after things that will only lead to disappointment and death. Instead, he calls out to us, come back to me and live. It is possible to fool ourselves into thinking we are especially gift right with God. Excuse me. It is possible to fool ourselves into thinking we are especially right with God. Amos calls here for honest self-examination. When Jesus Christ returns, it will be a time of joy and of the completion of recovery for those whose faith is genuine. Those of us who have not been honest with ourselves will be lost forever. Let us take a moral inventory now. Where do we stand with God? How can we change to be more like He wants us to be? Amen. No amount of religious activity is going to make up for a dysfunctional lifestyle. We may fool others into believing that we are all right because we go to church three times a week or give 20% of our income to the church. But God will not look favorably upon our religious activities if we are not doing good to others and following His guidelines for healthy living. Addiction to the good life can be one of the deadliest of all addictions. God has no quarrel with his people enjoying the good things he provides for them. The Israelites' problem was that they craved their enjoyment so much that they no longer cared whom they hurt in the process of getting them. Many of us are in the same situation. We get wrapped up in pleasures and luxuries and don't care whom we step on to get them. Maybe we have ruined our family life or friendship in the pursuit of material things of our addictions. If we return, if we turn these areas over to God, He can help us recover our lives and our relationships. Amen. And now for the reading of chapter 4 to 6 of Amos. Listen to me, you fat cows living in Samaria. 
You women who oppress the poor and crush the needy, and who are always calling to your husbands, bring us another drink. The Sovereign Lord has sworn this by His holiness. The time will come when you will be led away with hooks in your noses. Every last one of you will be dragged away like a fish on a hook. You will be led out through the ruins of the wall. You will be thrown from your fortress, says the Lord. Go ahead and offer sacrifices to the idols of, at Bethel. Keep on disobeying at Gilgay. Offer sacrifices each morning and bring your tithes every three days. Present your bread made with yeast as an offering of thanksgiving. Present your bread made with yeast as an offering of thanksgiving. Then give your extra voluntary offering so you can brag about it everywhere. This is the kind of thing you Israelites love to do, says the sovereign Lord. I brought hunger to every city and famine to every town, but still you would not return to me, says the Lord. I kept the rain for falling when your crops needed it the most. I sent rain on one town, but withheld it from another. Rain fell on one field while another field withered away. People staggered from town to town looking for water, but there was never enough. But still you would not return to me, says the Lord. I struck your farms and vineyards with blind and mildew, locusts devouring all your figs and olive trees. But still you would not return to me, says the Lord. I sent plagues on you like the plagues I sent on Egypt long ago. I kill your young men in war and let all your horses away. The stench of death filled the air. But still you would not return to me, says the Lord. I destroy some of your cities as I destroy Sodom and Gomorrah. Those of you who survived were like charred sticks pulled from a fire. But still you would not return to me, says the Lord. Therefore, I will bring upon you all the disasters I have announced. Prepare to meet your God in judgment, you people of Israel. For the Lord is the one who shaped the mountains, steers up the winds, and reveals his thought to mankind. Again, for the Lord is the one who shapes the mountains, stirs up the winds, and reveals his thoughts to mankind. He turns the light of dawn into darkness and threads on the heights of the earth. The Lord God of heaven army is his name. Listen, you people of Israel, listen to this funeral song I am singing. The virgin Israel has fallen, never to rise again. She lies abandoned on the ground, no one to help her up. The sovereign Lord says, when a city sends a thousand men to battle, only a hundred will return. When a town sends a hundred, only ten will come back alive. Now this is what the Lord says to the family of Israel. Come back to me and live. Don't worship at the pagan altars of Bethel. Bethel. Don't go to the shrines at Gilgag or Beersheba, for the people of Gilgag will be dragged off into exile and the people of Bethel will be reduced to nothing. Come back to the Lord and live, 
Otherwise, he will roar through Israel like a fire, devouring you completely. Your, your gods in Bethel won't be able to quench the flames. You twist justice, making it a bitter pill for the oppressed. You treat the righteous like dirt. It is the Lord who created the stars, the Pleiades and Orion. He turned darkness into morning and day into night. He drew up water from the oceans and pours it down as rain on the land. The Lord is his name. With blinding speed and power, he destroys the strong, crushing all their defenses. Have you hate how you hate honest judges? How you despise people who tell the truth? You trample the poor, stealing their grain through taxes and unfair rent. Therefore, though you build beautiful stone houses, you will never live in them. Though you plant lush vineyards, you will never drink wine from them. For I know the vast numbers of your sins and the depths of your rebellions. You oppress good people by taking bribes and deprive the poor of justice in the courts. So those who are smart keep their mouths shut, for it is an evil time. Do what is good and run from evil, so what you may live, so that you may live. Then the Lord God of heaven's armies will be your helper, just as you have claimed, hate evil and love what is good. Turn your courts into true half halls of justice. Perhaps even yet the Lord God of heaven's armies will have mercy on the remnant of his people. Therefore, this is what the Lord, the God of heaven's army says. There will be crying in all the public squares and mourning in every street. Call for the farmers to weep with you and summon professional mourners to wail. There will be wailing in every vineyard, for I will destroy them all, says the Lord. What sorrow awaits you who say, if only the day of the Lord were here, you have no idea what you are wishing for. That day will bring darkness, not light. In that day, you will be like a man who runs from a lion, only to meet a bear. Escaping from the bear, he leans his hands against a wall in his house, and he's bitten by a snake. Yes, the day of the Lord will be dark and hopeless, without a ray of hope, of joy. I hate all you, your shows and pretense, the hypocrisy of your religious festivals and solemn assemblies. I will not accept your burnt offerings and grain offerings. I won't even notice all your choice peace offerings. Away with your noisy hymns of praise. I will not listen to the music of your harps. Instead, I want to see a mighty flood of justice, an endless river of righteous living. Was it to me you were bringing sacrifices and offering during the 40 years in the wilderness, Israel? No, you serve your pagan gods, Sakut, your king god, and Kaiwan, your star god, the images you made for yourself. So I will send you into exile to a land east of Damascus, says the Lord, whose name is the God of heaven's armies. What sorrow awaits you who lounge in luxury in Jerusalem? All you who feel secure in Samaria, you are famous and popular in Israel, and people go to you for help. But you, but go over to Kelnik and see what happened there. 
Then go to the great city of Hamat and down to the Philistine city of Gath. You are no better than they were, and look at how they were destroyed. You push away every thought of coming disaster, but your actions only bring the day of judgment closer. How terrible for you who sprawls on ivory beds and lounge on your couches, eating the meat of tender lambs from the flock and of choice cows fattened in the stalls. You sing trivial songs to the sound of the harp and fancy yourself to be great musicians like David. You drink wine by the bowlful and perfume yourself with fragrant lotions. You care nothing about the ruins of your nation. Therefore, you will be the first to be led away as captives. Suddenly, all your parties will end. The sovereign Lord has sworn by his own name. And this is what he, the Lord God of heaven's army, says. I despise the arrogance of Israel. I hate their fortresses. I will give this city to and everything in it to their enemies. If there are ten men left in one house, they will all die. And when a relative who is responsible to dispose of the dead goes into the house to carry out the bodies, he will ask the last survivor, Is anyone else with you? When the person begins to swear no by, he will interrupt and say, Stop, don't even mention the name of the Lord. When the Lord gives the command, homes, both great and small, will be smashed to pieces. Can horses gallop over boulders? Can oxen be used to plow them? But that's how foolish you are when you turn justice into poison and the sweet fruit of righteousness into bitterness. And you brag about your conquest of Lodabar. You boast, didn't we take Karnaim by our own strength? O people of Israel, I am strong. I'm about to bring an enemy nation against you, says the Lord God of heaven's armies. They will oppress you throughout your land, from Lebo Hamat in the north to the Arabah Valley in the south. Amen and amen. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. And now a reading from the the book of Revelations, chapter 3, excuse me, chapter 2, 18 to chapter 3, 6. And the most questions asked about this is, in spite of his reputation for being active, the church in Sardis was dead with sin. The problem was not heresy, but spiritual death. Jesus had no words of commendation for this church, which looked so good outwardly, but was so corrupt inwardly. The church at Sardis was urged to go back to when they first heard and believed, the basics of the faith. No matter how much we learn, we must never abandon the basic truth. The truth we come to understand over time will never contradict God's primary biblical teachings. The church was also told to wake up. Their wealth and comfort have fulfilled them, had lulled them to sleep. Their self-satisfaction caused them to die spiritually. Not only had they warned, not only had they wandered from the apostles' teachings, but they were no longer bearing the fruit of faith. They lacked compassion, service to others, and had no unity or love. Galatians 5, 6. 
A church may have a reputation for its spirituality, but it can be evaluated much like an individual believer can by the ways it serves others. Don't be fooled by a church's good reputations. Look for the fruit of the Spirit and how it is serving in the world. Amen and amen. That's Revelations chapter 2. Let's see what it says on the uh, Recovery Bible. 218, it says, The church in Smitha was the church was the closest to the other six of Ephesus, and it was experiencing similar hardships. This small Christian community was suffering from unrelenting oppression by Satan and his evil spiritual forces. John's vision reminded the believers that their perseverance through dangerous time would be rewarded with the crown of life for their faithfulness. We too are called to persevere throughout the tough times as we entrust our lives to God and obey Him. He will slowly transform us. All Christ's return, at Christ's return, we will receive new bodies and cleansed hearts, completely new lives. The church in Pergamum had remained intensively loyal to Jesus Christ through a satanic onslaught, but some in the church had given into sexual misconduct, such relations and spiritual dysfunctions threatened to undermine or at least neutralize the testimony of this Christian community. Sometimes great victories in recovery can be neutralized by small mistakes. We need to be consistent in our walk with God, making sure that all areas of our lives are yielded to His control. Ignoring even the smallest sin or bad habit could lead to our undoing. Amen, amen, and amen. The church in Thyatira was commended for its acts of faith, love, and patience, and it was encouraged to persevere in doing them. But a series of spiritual cancers was growing in their midst. A self-styled prophetess named Jezebel was encouraging a a profligate lifestyle. God punished this woman harshly to show how much he wanted to protect his people from her evil influences. This gives us some idea of how dangerous it is to have relationship with people who might lead us astray. We need to choose our relationship carefully. Dysfunctional relationships may lead us away from God and quickly destroy our progress in recovery. Amen. The believers in Sardis were, for the most part, just going through the motions of being spiritual. They were warned to make immediate changes or they would suffer painful consequences. Fortunately, some believers in Sardis stood firm in their faith and they would be rewarded accordingly. With God's help, it is possible to stand firm even when everyone around us is falling away. We don't have to follow the crowd or be a victim of our environment. We can follow God instead as we do. He will bless us and write our names in the book of life. Amen.
Now the reading for Revelation chapter 2, verse 18 to 3, verse 6. Write this letter to the angel of the church in Thyatira. This is the message from the Son of God, whose eyes are like flames of fire, whose feet are like polished bronze. I know all the things you do. I have seen your love, your faith, your service, and your patient endurance. And I can see your constant improvement in all these things. But I have this complaint against you. You are permitting that woman, that Jezebel, who calls herself a prophet, to lead many my servants astray. She teaches them to commit sexual sin and to eat food offered to idols. I gave her time to repent, but she does not want to turn away from her immorality. Therefore, I will throw her on a bed of suffering, and those who commit adultery with her will suffer greatly unless they repent and turn away from her evil deeds. I will strike her children dead, then all the churches will know that I am the one who teaches out of the thoughts and intentions of every person. Then all the churches will know that I am the one who searches out the thoughts and intentions of every person. And I will give to each of you whatever you deserve. But I also have a message for the rest of you in Thyatira. Who have not followed this false teaching? Deeper truth, as they call them. Depths of Satan, actually. I will ask nothing more of you except that you hold tightly to what you have until I come. To all who are victorious, who obey me to the very end. To them, I will give authority over all the nations. They will rule the nations with an iron rod and smash them like clay pots. They will have the same authority I received from my father, and I will also give them the morning star. Anyone with ears to hear must listen to the Spirit and understand what he is saying to the churches. Amen. Write this letter to the angel, chapter 3, of the church of Sardis. This is the message from the one who has the sevenfold Spirit of God and the seven stars. I know all these things you do and that you have a reputation for being alive. But you are dead. Wake up. Strengthen that. Strengthen what little remains, for even what is left is almost dead. I find that your actions do not meet the requirements of my God. Go back to what you heard and believe at first. Hold it to it firmly. Repent and turn to me again. If you don't wake up, I will come to you suddenly as unexpected as a thief. Yet there are some in the church in In Sardis, who have not soiled their clothes with evil, they will walk with me in white, for they are worthy. All who are victorious will be clothed in white. I will never erase their names from the book of life, but I will announce before my Father and his angels that they are mine. Anyone with ears to hear must listen to the Spirit and understand what he is saying to the churches. Amen. Praise the Lord for the word of God. We thank you, Jesus, for this word. In praying the Psalms, we reflect on how God has forgiven us. We rejoice in how his forgiveness brings us hope. 
Amen. Thank you, Lord God. We ask you to forgive us. Cleanse us, Lord. Renew our minds and our spirits to a new, fresh idea and energize, Lord God, energize love for you and your word and your people in Jesus' name. Amen. Psalms 130. From the depths of despair, O Lord, from the depths of despair, O Lord, I call for you for your help. Hear my cry, O Lord. Pay attention to my prayer. Lord, if you kept a record of sins, who, O Lord, could ever survive? But you offer forgiveness, but we might learn to fear you. I am counting on these I am counting on the Lord. Yes, I am counting on Him. I have put my hope in His Word. I long for the Lord more than centuries long for the dawn. Yes, more than centuries long for the dawn. O Israel, hope in the Lord, for with the Lord there is unfailing love. His redemption overflows. He Himself will redeem Israel from every kind of sin. And Proverbs 29, 21, and 22. A servant pampered from childhood will become a rebel. An angry person starts fight. A hot-tempered person commits all kinds of sins. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God for December the 12th.